how to sell more cars. Hey, welcome to the uh, How to Sell More Cars Town Hall. I'm here with, uh, with Kobe Fryer. Kobe's the author here of Get Fryered Up. And I got to tell you, man, I um, I, well, first of all, you can see I was going through, I was looking for stuff to talk about, and I dog eared all the pages I wanted to talk about, and it doesn't do me any good because I dog eared all the pages. So I'm kind of uh, <laughs> well, and, and fortunately, fortunately, it's all whooped up. The one I want to talk about, I remember, is is rule number one. Kobe, what's rule number, all one? number one? <laughs> do what? They're all rule number one. They're all rule number you know, one. You know, what's, fu- what's funny is, you know, how many e- uh, texts, emails, things I got saying, look, it's a great book, but I think you got to talk to your publisher. There's a lot of typos in it. They made everyone less than number one. I said, then you I, didn't I, read it. Then you I didn't swear read to God, it. I was about to call you, man. I was looking at the book. I said, oh, oh, dude, I got to let him know. <laughs> I, I, w- I was out to dinner with uh, the youngest member of the uh, Maplat family, uh, Nikolai's the youngest son, and he's like, he goes, Uncle Kobe, I was reading the book, and he goes, there's typos. He goes, I didn't read the whole book. I was just flipping around, but everything was less than one. He goes, I said, that, yeah, obviously didn't read the book. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that That's how you know who actually read the thing and who didn't. Cover to cover. If you read that's it, right. cover, you know. But you know what? My my dad said the same thing. You know, yeah. When, when he got a copy of the book, he goes, great, great stuff. He goes, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but. You know, you messed up. Everything's less than one. <laughs> well, I, I I do. I love the format of the book one because because it's small. You know, it's a small book, and and it's uh you know it's it's you know hundred lessons. Um, but it's it's convenient and it's engageable, and and I think people will pick it up and actually read it. And the reviews on Amazon prove that to be the case. You're you're wearing it out, brother. Yeah. Now, like I said, Knockwood. You know, when I, when I wrote it, it, it was. Really just something, it was a bucket list thing I always wanted to do. I'm working on another book that um, is more nonfiction, more novel style. Uh, and I was getting played around with the with the, the literary agent that's working with me on the book. And I just happened to sell a car. A guy came in the dealership, his daughter bought a car and he had the co-sign for it. And we started talking about it and turned out, lo and behold, this guy's written and published 28 books. So I started talking to him. He goes, why don't you come up with another book? He goes, and learn how to do it yourself. He, yeah. goes, he goes, that's the best way to do it. So this was a practice book. This was like a book out of, out of passion, out of learning, out of trying to figure things out. I've always wanted to. So this was my first book. Um, and I thought my mom and dad would be the only one that bought it. Maybe a few people here and there to, you know boost my ego a little, but yeah. it turns out it's, it's selling great. A lot of dealerships are buying it. A lot of dealerships are buying it for their managers. A lot of the reviews are from, you know, executives and dealer groups, but also a lot of reviews, it's funny, are, are from all different walks of life, school teachers, uh, basketball coaches, housewives. I, I'm seeing, you know, I try and contact anybody that's that's left a review or is contacting me and just talk to them and see how they came about the book. And, and it's interesting how, I was written, I wrote it about the car business, but after I wrote it, I said, you know, everything pretty much translates into life. You know, you could be a house housewife and you still have, everybody has the opportunity to lead. Everybody's leading someone, whether you're leading yourself or you're leading kids or you're leading a group, a team, a sales team, you know, every, everybody needs leadership. Well, and the, uh, the lessons there, there, there was a lot, you talk a lot about the car dealerships. You spent a good long time in the car dealerships, but you've been You've been around the block doing a couple of different things. You're smoking the cigar, so I know you. You've been in the cigar business. Uh, you've owned some uh, some entertainment establishes of uh, of a couple of different varieties, and uh-huh. uh, 
you've been you've been around. So tell tell us. I mean, and and the, the traits are universal. So tell us uh, about uh, about the universality of it. So from from managing a cigar joint or you know a dance club to uh, managing a car dealership. Well, like like I said, what what I did when I put together the book, I just you know I read a lot. I in the last year, I think I've read I'm going to say sixty different books. And those are the books that I actually, you know, lean towards. I lean towards uh, biographies. Uh, we just had Greg Southward actually works with me. He's popped in. I see uh, he's on Zoom. What's up, Greg? As you can see, I'm smoking a cigar. <laughs> Greg's also one of my cigar buddies. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, I, I wrote the book just looking at different lessons I learned from different leaders, Ulysses S. Grant, Harry Truman, Teddy Roosevelt, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great. And what I noticed was all these rules that could be 500 years old, these lessons translated perfectly into today. And, um, you know, I, I think as I, I I am involved with a lot of different dealerships and I come across a lot of different managers, I saw some things that are we're successful at and i saw some things that, that we're lacking at i mean there's something you can find in that book anybody can find in that book that can help them be a better leader better manager so that, that's yeah and, and seriously so and all, and all kidding aside lesson number one the first thing i turned to was something that really struck out to me uh because i had a story about it which was another one of your lessons turn everything into a story but the, the first thing in the book was to uh to praise in public and criticize uh, in I private, and and then the second one was kind of a, a which which I which you know, obviously is, is kind of a, you 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 want that to happen all the time. But the second one was like a corollary of that, which no one had I'd never seen anyone express, which was only have meetings uh, to train and to plan. If you're going to have a, a come to Jesus meeting and chew everybody out, do it one at a time. You don't need you don't need a come to Jesus meeting with everybody there. Uh, you don't have a big meeting. It's about uh, it's about a plan, and, and, and that's one of the biggest failures I, I've seen over 35 years in the car business. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know your background in inside dealerships, but I mean, that's like the most demotivating, uh, demotivating thing to just have a, a beat up session in a meeting. I mean, there's really nothing that adds to it. You you want to beat me up if I deserve it. I'm going to take I'm going to take accountability for it. But let's do it privately. Yeah. 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 My my background, I've I've been working with dealerships for for 30, 40 years and selling advertising and marketing and, and, and training. My my experience with the meetings is exactly that. They'll call me in for a sales training meeting and they'll spend 30 minutes chewing everybody a new one. And then, oh yeah, here's Terry. He's going to teach us about how to uh, create happy customers through your social media. Where, where do you go with that? <laughs> no, I I know. And it always starts with one sentence. I don't mean to be negative, but... <laughs> And again, that's, that's one of one of my little inside jokes. But go ahead. so, uh, and a lot of it again applies to everything. And one thing that I really like, uh, you know, I've been around the car business a long time. You're the only uh, manager uh, in a car dealership, uh, former principal of a dealership, um, that I've ever uh, really say, "Hey, won't you won't you go out the car and take a nap?" I mean, you 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 stress the uh, the mental balance, the well being, and the, the physical and emotional balance, uh, and through through several of the rules. Well, again, let's face it. Yeah, you know, the car business is a grind. We feel it's the the most important thing at the most important time, everything. But at the at the end of the day, it really isn't. And if you don't have you know your mind fresh and your mindset right, and you feel good about it, just like in any business. You know, you, you just have to be positive. I, I mean, it, it comes down to positivity and feeling good about what you do. And in the car business, for some reason, we uh, centralize it 
we compart them, compart them. I can't even talk right now. It's a good one. It, and we think it's it's us, but it's really everybody. So you know, I, I do say it's really important because listen, we're there long hours. We're with people that if we weren't working together, chances are we wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't be together. We're eating together. We're walking together. We're you know going to battle for lack of a better word together. And you need to get away. You, you need to have your physical well-being. You need to to work those hours. And as I get older, I feel it more and more. You have to be in shape. You have to eat right. You have to get your rest time. You have to have your your alone time. And and you know what? After and, and I'm going to get a little wordy now because what I've noticed is post COVID. In fact, I did a post about it recently where post-COVID, when it first ended, it was like uh, the year of compassion, I call it. People were grateful. People were compassionate towards others. This year has become the year of audacity, and it's become even more entitled, and people are more and more aggressive and more and more aggressive. So you need that break time. You need to get away, or else it'll drive you crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, you you bring up COVID, which was, uh, you talked you talk to a couple of the rules about managing change. And uh, one of my favorite sayings, Mike Tyson, uh, you know, you, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And yep. you, you you said, don't, don't, don't put, don't set your plans in concrete because you don't know what you don't know. And there's something coming around the corner that you don't know about. And the car business, there's something new coming around the corner every day, every day, it seems like for the last, uh, who knows how long. So I mean, on, on the ground, how is the change looking at the dealerships now? And kind of what do you see? How, how do you, how do you keep everybody on their toes? Well, right now. So, so let me back up a little. When I wrote this book, I was still director for the dealerships. Right now, I'm in a sales position at the dealerships. Okay. I've been there. We started the dealerships in 1989. In fact, congratulations uh, to Roy Greenblatt, if he ends up watching this. He just bought it. He's kind of retired. His sons are taking over and they just opened another dealership today, just bought a dealership. I'm not retired, but kind of retired. I only deal with my customers and I and I just took a step back from driving a dealership to dealership to dealership to dealership. And yeah. give me time gives me time to write, gives me time to focus on my health, gives me time to work on my cigar business. I have an insurance business. And um so let's preface that. I, I'm not in management anymore. Greg's in management. I see him there. Um I'm I'm strictly a salesperson. I'm more like a consigliere now. So mm-hmm. Everybody seems to come to me and you know say how to how's this? What do we do with this? What and I I've become the the school psychologist, so to speak. So well, and you can do that because of what you talked about in the book is that you never stopped prospecting. You never stopped, even as the boss, building your own network and creating your own weather, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. listen, at the end of the day, we're all salespeople. And you know, I I I it was a great conversation. I don't know. It was probably, I'd say, 25, maybe 30 years ago. I saw an interview with uh, Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, not a fan of the Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination. Go Giants. Go Giants. No offense to the Titans. But, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is a dynamic man. And, and he uh, told the story of how he came about the Cowboys 10 years before he bought the Cowboys. He... Uh, went to take his kids to a football game. I think the interview is still on YouTube, but he went to, it was a 60 minutes interview. He went to take his kids to a Dallas Cowboys game, went to pay with his credit card and at the ticket office, they cut his credit card, said, go pay your bills and embarrassed him in front of his kids. He vowed that day to buy the Dallas Cowboys. He was an insurance salesman, as we all know, and he worked his butt off. He ended up buying the Dallas Cowboys. 
what was in that's interesting but what was more interesting about it is he's probably the most valuable franchise in in all of sports at this point the guy's a genius i don't know if you know or not he also owns the rights to every suite in every nfl stadium he is he he's in charge he has a piece of every suite in every stadium in the united states i didn't but know that the interview at, he developed super boxes but anyway his uh the interview said well what happens if you lose it all tomorrow and he said, you know what? I've got my smile. I've got my ability to sell and I'll grab my briefcase and I'll go back on the road and start selling again. So in a roundabout way, that's kind of what I did. I can always sell no matter what you take away from me. I'll always have that ability. That's a skill. And I hone the skill and I practice it. And, you know, I, I think more managers in the car business need to do that. You know, just as, as times change, as things change, you have to be able to sell. You have to be able to roll up your sleeves. You have to be able to have a conversation. It's easy to sit behind a desk and say, go tell us, go tell a customer this, go tell a customer this. But can you do it? Yeah. Well, and, and I think I think that that confidence that you have from from knowing what your abilities are. I think that's the uh, that's the ugly underbelly of something that's in the car business, the, the, the lack that of it. And that's the hustle culture that everybody's got to work bell to bell. And there's, it's 60 hours and you got to you got to call 100 people a day and everybody's got to do, you know, just the, the the entire over the top culture is because everyone wants it right now. And I'm not sure they're confident that they can get it uh, in, in the future. So it's got to be right now. <laughs> Again, that's that's another thing through life. You know, you develop patience. You know, you just if you, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm friendly with Frank Renetti. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Ollie I've interviewed Lee. Frank. Yeah. OK, so again, over time, he was patient. He built his business over time. He built his business over time. He kept really instead of being transactional, which the car business, let's face it, is a very transactional business, especially now during COVID times where we're charging over sticker for cars and things like that. It all goes back to relationships. When things change and you can't be transactional anymore, a lot of dealers, I feel, are going to be left like, oh, oh shit, what do we do now? We destroyed all our relationships. And that's one thing I'm very proud of and, and we're very proud of. We, we've held on to relationships. Well, that that's it because eventually it's going to it's going to come down to uh, it's if, if it's just a transaction, there's going to be a robot that can do the transaction, and and you ain't yeah. needed for that. Uh, yeah. But if you if you want if you want to, if you if you're a person who wants to be in the business, you better connect with some people. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so let's talk about the people. Uh, a, a good one of the themes in the book specifically was was the onboarding and hiring and, and training of people in in the car business or lack thereof. Lack thereof, right? Uh, and and then and then the the uh, the kind of the convoluted way that we pick managers and everything everything kind of just rolls uphill. So tell us how that's going on and how we can change it. Um. Well, again, just, you know, I, I look at sports, you know, just because uh, you're a great player doesn't make you a good manager just because and you could be a very average player, but you're a good coach. Uh, you know, I, I think in, in the car business, what we need to do is look at who our leaders are. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy that was a 20 car a month salesman. The car business, as long as I can remember, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, I wasn't in it, but my grandfather, my father was. And, uh, you know, it was always the guys that got promoted were your best salespeople. So you take your best salespeople off the floor and make them managers. And maybe they weren't good. They weren't comfortable leaders. They didn't hone their leadership skills. They, you know, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a great salesperson um, a really great salesperson, for lack of a better term, is selfish. 
you know, they worry about themselves. They're good at, at relationships. They're good at building, building rapport and bringing people in to see them. Well, how do you do, how does that translate into leading a team? So it comes back to training and just train and train and train, just like, again, go back to a sports analogy. You know, you don't, you know, the car business, what we do is we take somebody and we throw them out of game time, you know, every day's game time, go handle that customer baptism by fire. Yeah. Go handle that customer. Oh, this is what you did wrong. This is what you did wrong. This is what you did wrong. Well, we have all this time to practice. We have all day to practice. We should be practicing, practicing, practicing. Cause when you're in front of a customer, that's game time. I don't want you practicing on my customers. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I'm executing. Yeah, that and that's what that's everything we're doing. We're, we're practicing on our customers, and and you talk uh, a lot about about managing the downtime because you do have some downtime in the dealership where you could be doing doing training or, or doing one on ones or, or or do you know working on overcoming objections. And uh, there's plenty of time in the in the dealership, you know, to do the prospecting and uh, to do the uh, the stuff that's going to be bringing people in instead of uh, instead of just sitting there arguing about uh, arguing, complaining, and whining. Well, I, I had heard a quote. In fact, I wrote it down for tonight because I figured this was going to come up. I got to, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I got mine. I don't even take them off. Don't worry about that. Let me see exactly. Sorry, so I don't screw the quote up. <laughs> Work is not about the hours you put in. It's about what you put in those hours. Yeah. That was... uh. A uh, Gary Vaynerchuk quote, sir. So. Oh, you know, I've been I've been trying for years. Here's my thing with Gary Vaynerchuk. I want so bad to not like Gary Vaynerchuk. He's just, you know, he's 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 always got something to say, and he's always mouthing off. And I really deep in my heart want to dislike Gary Vaynerchuk, but he keeps saying the smartest stuff. You know what? If if you really dig in, that bravado that comes across is just—he's from New Jersey. He's—I well, I know it. I know. I know exactly what Jewish it is. kid from New Jersey. So he yeah. comes across. He's cursing. He's loud. He's got bravado. Yeah. But you know what? He's really a humble, humble. We uh, in 2018, before Gary got to where he is now um I, I i've been following gary for years and uh i i actually my bars we used to buy liquor from him so he knew me right. I knew him and and we did a, a marketing meeting with him we we paid him at the time it was twenty thousand dollars we had two hours and we just had a manager session where we just sat in the room with him and came up with marketing ideas and the guy is everything he said he is. Yeah. Everything he says he is. And he's super humble, but he's super passionate. And the passion comes across as bravado. And I love the guy. I mean, yeah, and, and 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 Gary's of, of our age, and he's a big believer. And right now that all these 50-year-olds, uh, that's one of the things that powered me, all these 50-year-olds sitting around thinking that they're about done. Baby, it's time to just get started. Don't, you know. No, Terry, we're about done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not even close to done. I promise you that. <laughs> I'm Greg, yeah, we we got a little time here. Greg, you got you have something you want to add? Something you'd like to ask? No, no, I'm I'm just enjoying the conversation. It's it's uh, very good input, and I'm I'm agreeing with uh, everything you guys are saying. I think there's uh, you know some of the stuff you know we have to deal with the basics, but we also have to realize that the times are changing, and we have to change with the times. So we have to be acclimated to what's going on in our environment. And sometimes I think you know some of the old heads they don't. Uh, they don't have the ability to get acclimated and some of the new people don't have the ability to get to the basics. So I think there just needs to be that collaboration of the two of the basics and acclimation, uh, especially in this business. And I guess for any business, because every business is changing because 
the atmosphere uh, and retail changes daily. You know, we used to teach stuff, you know, generationally in this business. And now we have to teach stuff almost weekly, daily, monthly, because things change so quickly now. And uh, Kobe and I talk about that an awful lot. And we talk about how we did things in the past and what we can take from that and alter it and make it useful for today without really being that old head for the uh, lack of better terms. But no, I'll just sit back and and, and watch. I, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Kobe. We'll go with that. Uh, let's let's look. Let's let's jump in the wayback machine. And uh, you know, I got I got in the car business in the late '80s, writing uh, writing radio ads. My first radio ad ever was for a Pontiac store. And I think you started selling cars about that same time. What did we know then that we don't know now? That's a great question. Do you have an answer for that? Um, I do actually. I, I actually I do. Uh, I, I I think what we knew that what we knew then uh, was was the value of our network because every store I ever walked in then uh, the leading salespeople had a big green recipe box on their desk full of index cards with the, with their people. Roll- on. Oh, you mean a Rolodex? Well, we, we were too. I was in Mississippi. <laughs> couldn't nobody spell Rolodex. Put them okay. in. Put in Grandma's recipe card box. That green metal file box right there. Position the book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think I, and that and that's what those people were, were on. They were fishing from that. It was just written on a card and they had their birthday written on it. And they had when they were in for oil change and they 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 knew where they knew where their bread was buttered. I'm not sure everybody does now. So I again, to jump to give you another Gary Vaynerchuk ism, you know, Gary V ism, you know, he says, you know, yesterday's work ethic with today's technology. So, you know, if you took that that you know, work ethic you had filling out your Rolodex or filling out that little composition book or recipe book. You know, now we have all the power exactly right here. We have everything known to mankind over the last 10,000 years. I can talk into my phone and get you the answer. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. The, uh, the sum, the sum, the sum of all human knowledge exists in the palm of our hands. In addition to 24 hour access to every single customer uh, you know, who's, who's on their phone six, seven hours a day doing this. And you can be talking to them anytime you want. Oh, I, I really, it's probably the greatest time for any business, but especially the car business. Cause here's an opportunity to stay connected people. You know, there's all these companies coming out there trying to, um, for lack of a better term, robotize the car business. And right. uh, they say the younger generation doesn't want that experience, but you know what? The human touch will never, ever, ever go away. Yeah, we went to sponsoring that little league team, you know, seeing the seeing the people out in town, you know, going to church, going whatever your religious faith, the synagogue, you know, the mosque, whatever your religion is, but being connected to people, that's what's going to help you survive in the car business. Um yeah. transaction, you know, trans transactions are exactly what they are. They're tr- they're transactions, and you don't build loyalty by doing transactions. Yeah. The, uh, let, let, let's talk about community because your book, uh, again, get fired up, available on Amazon. Um, you a hundred lessons and a hundred of the greatest leadership lessons, and they're not all about the car dealership. They all apply to the car business uh, business, but they apply to a lot of different things. But you, part of what you're writing it is you're doing it in conjunction with the community, raising funds for uh, someone there locally. I'll tell you what, that's a great, that's a a passion of mine. I'm involved with quite a few charities. I'm on the board of a few different charities, but I love the Atlantic City Boys and Girls Club. Um, You know, Atlantic City has, I think, a 90% poverty rate. Uh, You know, these kids really don't stand a chance. 
Um, so they have places like the Boys and Girls Club to go where they're taught life's lessons. They're taught how to survive. They're taught survival skills. A uh, very good friend of mine, if she ends up watching this, is uh, Chef Pam Green. She's kind of retired. She's an exe- first executive chef in a casino in the world. Um, and she's kind of semi, she's in her seventies now, but she's there every day teaching these kids, teaching them survival skills, how to safe serve, how to, how to cook, how to, you know, survive and do, and do things. And, you know, when I started doing this book and writing this book, I see, you know what, these kids are our future leaders, you know, um, what better to donate? You know, I wasn't doing the book for profit. Like I said, I was really doing this book more for practice for another project I'm working on. But then it came out, I said, you know what, Let, let's let's donate the money. So 50% of the profits of the net proceeds, I'm donating to the Atlantic City Boys and Girls Club. So it's a really good cause. I mean, yeah, I, and, and, and I think I think one thing is, you, you've got these these young kids, uh, and you've got you, you're in a couple different businesses. Um, but the car business is just just dripping with opportunity for for these uh, you know seventeen eight year old kids coming out of school. Uh, tell 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 them tell them why they should think about the car business. No, there's there's many reasons to think about the car business. You can provide yourself with number one, you can make executive level, you know, doctor, lawyer, things like that with no education. I look at kids that are getting out of school, you know, my, my son Knockwood, you know, is a sophomore in college. He's on a full ride. So I'm not going to have to worry about him, but I look at these kids going into major, major debt, graduating from college. When if you got in the car business when you're 18, you have a hands-on knowledge. And four years later, you know, if you follow a system, if you follow and build relationships, starting at when you're 18, uh, right out of high school, by the time you're 22, you're not chasing ups around the lot. You're dealing with people that are coming back, they're leasing, they're coming back to see you in three years, and you're making a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars as a 22 year old kid when your friends are just graduating college and they're two hundred thousand in debt and they're taking jobs for fifty thousand a year for the most part. So the car business is a huge opportunity. I just wish more people would see that. Yeah, I, I, I it's a, it, it is amazing. Yeah, instead of a job that hey, it's just something I'm going to do because I don't like waiting tables anymore. Yeah, and then, and that's which is what we're getting now. Yeah, and and you know, and I've talked to, I've talked to so many people who they got into the who you know I've, I've talked to people making you know hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, and they got into the car business, uh, you know, waiting tables and said, hey, we'll do this. We're kind of between gigs. Maybe I'll do this until until my taxes come in and I can do some, something better. So. Yeah, I'll see if it works. Yeah, yeah. Kobe, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, thank you so much. I'm going to give you the last word. What's the uh, what's the last thing people need to know? Get fired up on Amazon, or you can contact me through Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok. You know, I'm everywhere. Ask me questions. Challenge me on anything. Have a conversation. Like I said, build a relationship and uh, buy my book. It's cheap. It's $9.95. Remember, half the profits go to the Atlantic City Boys and Girls Club. So you're doing it. You know, it's a good thing that you're buying. it. It's a great cause. Uh, There's no bullshit in this book. It's straight. It's to the point. It's small for a reason. So you can stick it in your pocket and refer to it. I did that for a very particular reason because I didn't want to just throw a bunch of words together. All these guys put books out and they're just word after word after word. I made it as real and quick and to the point as possible. No fluff. And uh like I said, I, I go back and read and I go, hey, you know what? I'm pretty smart. Oh, that's yeah. what, myself, yeah. But, you know, give it a if, if you don't, if you buy the book and you don't like it, contact me. I'll be more than happy to give you your money back.
I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you'll take something away from it. Yeah, dude, if you can't if you can't get your money's worth out of this nine dollar book, you uh, the nine dollars ain't gonna save you. So you uh, exactly. there, there, exactly. <laughs> there's plenty in there. Are you saying I should raise my prices? I, I, I'm saying your prices are fine, and if, it, if if there's any problem, it it ain't on you. That's what I'm saying. Terry, I appreciate it. Sorry we didn't hook up last week. I'm sure we uh, would have had a much bigger audience. Hopefully this goes out and goes viral and people and you have me back and we can do something. Yeah, look, this was fun. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to talk anytime. So you hop on, you give me a call. I appreciate you, Greg. I thank you for showing up and uh, everybody be well. Go get one, you some dinner. One more thing. One more thing. You betcha. Did you leave me a review yet? I have not left you a review yet because I want it. I want it. Uh, to uh, to make sure we had this face-to-face conversation so I could understand the depth and complexity of your ideology, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're going to get you one up real quick. Next time in Nashville, let's hook up. I got you, man. Hot chicken. It's for you. I appreciate it. Take care. Right, be good, everyone. See you next time. Yeah. All right. Take care.